0: a scenic hike, the birthplace of pesto, and a crepe made from chickpeas. This week, we're in Italy's Cinque Terre.
1: Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences, this is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits
0: Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. Nestled along the Ligarian coast, the Cinque Terre is five tiny villages with pastel-colored houses clinging to cliffs overlooking the water. These unbelievably charming villages have become so popular that they're in danger of being loved to death. Every day, hordes of cruise ship passengers are bused from the nearby ports to see the villages and hike the famous Cinque Terre trails. They leave behind the trash and euros. that's the mark of tourist hotspots everywhere before they return to their ship at night. And what tourists can't destroy, Mother Nature is trying to finish off. In 2011, floods and mudslides killed 13 people and nearly swept parts of the Cinque Terre away. And this was by no means an isolated incident. A superstorm wreaked havoc on the Ligurian coast in November of 2018, washing out the only road to Portofino. That connector was only opened in April of 2019. But the towns are fighting back, trying to limit tourism and engineering systems to reduce future flooding. Even with this massive humanity, the Cinque Terre can still be a magical place to visit if you plan properly. And there's some amazing food to be had. So let's eat. What to eat?
1: Hey, you gonna finish that? On Destination Eat Drink.
0: There's a lot more about the Cinque Terre at DestinationEatDrink.com. More great dishes, more great drinks, and more great things to do in the Cinque Terre. I also have a couple podcasts dedicated to other places in Italy, the Amalfi Coast and Rome. You can just click on the podcast tab at DestinationEatDrink.com. There's versions of pesto dating back to Roman times, but it wasn't until the 19th century when basil was widely cultivated in this region of Italy that modern pesto was born. Pesto literally means to pound or to crush, and that's how traditional pesto is made. Basil leaves, garlic, salt, and olive oil are mashed in a mortar and pestle, Until a sauce is formed, toasted pine nuts and Parmesan cheese are added, and the sauce is used to top the pasta. This is really the best way to have pesto. Most places will make it in a food processor. That's probably how you make it at home. But if you can find a place that makes it hand ground, then you've really found something special. Pesto's good with any type of pasta, but look for the places that serve pesto with fresh made trophy pasta, T R O. F-I-E. This is kind of a short, stubby pasta that's round, and it kind of looks like a caviatelli. And this is the traditional pasta shape to have pesto in the Cinque And the fresh-made pasta is so much better than the dried because the fresh-made absorbs the pesto better, and it doesn't leave it swimming in that sauce. The Cinque Terre also has a traditional dish where pesto is served with potatoes and green beans along with the pasta. Might sound unusual, but it's incredibly delicious. And two of my favorite restaurants for pesto in the Cinque Terre are Restaurant Mikey in Monterosso and Trattoria Billy in Manarola. Years and years ago, when we first visited the Cinque Terre, I discovered focaccia. Sure, I had focaccia before many times, but nothing like this. Crisp and crusty on the outside, light and fluffy on the inside, a little olive oil on top, perfection. Some say it's the olive oil, some say it's the local water, some say it's the Italian flower, whatever it is focaccia in the Cinque Terre is something special. Bakeries in the Cinque Terre sell focaccia by the slab. Rosemary focaccia, olive focaccia, plain focaccia with salt, traditional varieties, new varieties, focaccia cut lengthwise, made into sandwiches, whatever your preference, you can find it in focaccia form in the Cinque Terre. But if you're vegetarian, know this. Most focaccia is made with lard. So if that's something you're trying to avoid, make sure you ask if there's lard in their focaccia. Stroll down Via Visconti in Vernazza, one of the five towns of the Cinque Terre, and stop in one of the bakeries or pizzerias for a piece of focaccia. Munch it as you wander down to the tiny waterfront. Fishing boats are pulled up on the rocks of the natural harbor, just like they've been for centuries. It's a great spot to have your snack to people watch, or to maybe just go for a swim. And if it's Tuesday, there's a farmer's market right there in the harbor at Vernazza. The cheesemonger has especially good cheeses. So go to the market on Tuesday, grab some cheese to go with your focaccia, some fruit, maybe some wine from a local shop, sit by the harbor and watch the world go by. Or walk up to Doria Castle, a short walk to a point sticking out into the sea. This gives one of the best views of the Cinque Terre, and you don't have to get all hot and sweaty hiking up the hill to get the perfect shot. Whip out your GoPro or camera for an excellent addition to your Insta chatbook feed. If you've ever been to southern France, you might have had this crepe called Soca. Soca is made with chickpea flour, salt, water, and olive oil. And because chickpea flour is gluten-free, soca gets crispier than the traditional crepe that we're all used to. Travel from Nice through Monaco, into Italy, past Genoa, and into the Cinque Terre, and you'll find a very similar chickpea crepe. But here it's not called soca, it's called farinata, and the farinata is usually cooked in the Cinque Terre in a giant pan, kind of like a crepe pan, but much bigger, a crepe pan on steroids, if you will. Farinata is harder to find than focaccia. It seems like focaccia is on every street corner in the Cinque Terre, but it's worth searching out the farinata. Places like Il Frentoio in Monterosso and Pizzeria and Focacceria La Cambusa in Monterola make especially good farinata. And best of all, it only costs a couple of euro. Very yummy and filling, too. What to drink?
1: I'll have another on Destination Eat Drink.
0: Get the Destination Eat Drink podcast delivered to your phone, tablet, or computer automatically by subscribing at iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or go to radiomisfits.com. The vineyards of the Cinque Terre are an engineering marvel. The cliffs of the Cinque Terre are so steep that they've had to terrace them with stones. But they don't use any mortar, so it takes constant care to keep the stone walls in shape. And like I've said, there have been natural disasters in the Cinque Terre with landslides, so the work to keep those stone walls in shape has been even more difficult in recent years. Reaching the vines is challenging in and of itself. Some farmers have even installed funiculars to help with vineyard access. Nothing's better with your pesto than a glass of white wine, Cinque Terre white wine. Almost all the wine produced here is white. Some red's been produced lately, but stick with the white. It's way better. Every wine shop in the Cinque Terre sells local white wine. Look on the label. You'll want to see something that says Cinque Terre and DOC on the label. That makes sure that you're getting the real thing from the Cinque Terre. Every corner of the Cinque Terre, it seems, has wine grapes growing. Every family, it seems, grows wine grapes as a side business or just as a hobby for their family to drink. Ask at your local hotel or B&B. You might get lucky enough to sample some of their wine. Or maybe, if you're really lucky, someone will take you on a visit to their vertigo-inducing vineyard. Things to do and
1: places to see. I don't know. What do you want to do on Destination Eat Drink?
0: Got a question or a comment about Destination Eat Drink? It's easy to find me. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Destination Eat Drink. Or go to Twitter where I'm at Eat Destination. Or just click on the contact tab, DestinationEatDrink.com until the train connected the five villages of the Cinque Terre. The only way to get from one town to the other was by hiking the trails. And those trails still exist, and everybody wants to hike them. But mudslides in 2017 have closed many trails, and there's really no concrete timetable for when they're going to reopen. That includes the easiest and most scenic trail, the Via del Amore, the Path of Love. This was a flat, paved walk connecting Manarola with Rio Maggiore. Unfortunately, it was completely washed out in the floods, and the repairs aren't expected to be completed until 2021 at the earliest. But there are some trails that are open. Some have a fee associated with them, others are free. Much of what was called Trail Number Two, the most popular Cinqueterra hike, is closed, while other parts, like the rugged hike between Cornelia and Vernazza, are open. Hiking on the Cinqueterra can be exhilarating but frustrating too. Cruise ship day trippers can arrive ill-equipped for the rigors of the hike. They think it's going to be a nice leisurely stroll. The fact is, much of the trails are steep and have unsure footing, and a cruise ship person in flip-flops and shorts is not going to be able to climb these trails very well. This causes bottlenecks and frustrations for folks who are trying to get by on their hike. But If you plan your trek for early in the day or later in the afternoon when the cruise ship passengers have gone back to their boat, the trails are much more manageable. My advice? Check out the Park Service's website for daily updates. Even then, it seems they don't always have the most up-to-date information online, so I find it's best to have a backup hiking plan. Plan out a couple of routes that you want to hike. And if the weather's nice, you'll probably be able to do at least one of them. If the weather's not nice, if it's raining, say, you need to do something else, because hiking the Cinque when it's raining is a miserable experience. I've included a link to the Park Service's website for the Cinque in the show notes of this program. We just finished hiking the entirety of the Cinque Terre. It was a beautiful hike. Now, if you're thinking the Cinque Terre is mostly leafy forests, you'd be mistaken. A lot of it's very dry, with prickly pears dotting the sides of the trail, and you're open along the cliffs. It's a beautiful view, seeing the sea and the boats and everything down below you, including the villages. But It's also extremely sunny and extremely hot. And we were completely tired out by the time we got back to our hotel and pretty sweaty too. Karen jumped into the shower. I tossed on a clean shirt and laid on the bed and flipped on CNN International, the only English-speaking station on the TV in our hotel room. The commentators were talking about a plane that had just crashed and it was then that they said a second plane had flown into the World Trade Center tower. We were in absolute shock, as was everyone in the United States and around the world. But we also felt incredibly isolated. This was in the days before smartphones, and we didn't have a computer or access, easy access to email. So we felt stranded in Italy totally unable to communicate with our family and our friends. We sat and watched the TV for hours before finally wandering out into the village in the Cinque Terre and trying to eat something. People started placing bouquets of flowers in the village square. And later on that evening, we wandered up to Castle Doria, where a service was held in remembrance of the victims of 9-11. The next morning, we found access to a computer and sent emails to our family and friends, letting them know that we were okay. I then sent an email to the CEO of my company. I was on vacation at the time and told him that all international flights had been canceled and they had no timetable at that point. Remember, the next day, nobody knew when planes were going to start flying again. So I told him, I have no idea when I'm going to be back in the United States. You might need to prepare that I won't be back on time. He immediately sent me an email back and said, find a way. Okay, I'll just jump in the ocean and swim back, I guess. Turns out we were able to catch our flight back. The first day international flights started flying again was September 16th, and that was the day that our flight was due. But in the meantime, those five intervening days, all the Italian people were so kind and gracious and offering their sympathy towards us that it was really quite touching. And even though we were removed from our family and friends, we felt quite at home and comforted in the Cinque Terre.
1: Tips and inside information on
0: Destination Eat Drink. Talking about and writing about the food and beverages that I enjoy around the world is my favorite thing to do, but when I'm not doing that, I write fiction. You can check out my foodie novel, Truffle Hunt, and my collection of short stories, That Bird, at DestinationEatDrink.com. Just click on the Contact and Books tab. Even as recently as 20 years ago, the Cinque Terre, it seemed, was still an undiscovered jewel in Italy's crown. Today, it seems like everyone has the five towns on their bucket list, and they should— The Cinque Terre is still incredibly beautiful and incredibly charming. But with the winding and steep, narrow streets, the Cinque Terre seems more crowded than the Vatican at Easter. And the cruise ship passengers that arrive on a daily basis even makes the crowd seem that much worse. But the vast majority of these cruise ship passengers never stay more than an afternoon. So really... It becomes a question of how do you avoid the crowds by planning your activities in the morning before these day trippers have a chance to descend on the towns or in the evening after they've left to go back to the ship. You can avoid the worst of the crush. So what do you do during the rest of the day? I like exploring some of the places outside of the Cinque Terre during the day. Portofino is a good spot to go. Sure, it's incredibly famous. It's incredibly touristy, but it's also quite beautiful. And getting there from the Cinque Terre is half the fun. There's a regular ferry that goes from the towns of the Cinque Terre to Portofino every day, all day during the summer. As long as the weather's nice, you don't need to make a reservation. You just pay your ticket, hop on board, and enjoy a gorgeous boat ride from the Cinque Terre to Portofino. But my best tip is to take the ferry to Porto Venere the town has a beautiful promenade along the water, just like the Cinque Terre. Characteristic fishing boats are pulled up on the shore, just like in the Cinque Terre. Lots of nice restaurants, just like in the Cinque Terre. But it feels positively deserted compared to the mass of humanity that you'll see in the Cinque Terre. That doesn't mean that there's no tourists there. It's just that it's a lot less touristed than the Cinque Terre. And best of all, from Porto Venere, there's a ferry you can take to the islands of Palmaria, Tino, and Tineto. Tinetto. Of course, if you don't want to leave the friendly confines of the Cinque Terre during the day, you can just opt for a siesta or wander to the streets high above the waterfront. Remember, the Cinque Terre is built on these cliff sides, and most of the tourists who come into the Cinque Terre are down near the waterfront. That means if you hike up the steep stairs to the top of your town, you're much less likely to encounter tourists. Here's where old folks will sit and enjoy the day and kids play soccer in the piazza. It's really quite charming and a way to get a feel for the real Cinque Terre. My favorite new online tool is called avoid-crowds.com. This is good not just for the Cinque Terre, but for most big tourist cities around the world. You can plug in the city you're visiting. In this case, you want to plug in La Spezia and Cinque Terre. La Spezia is where the cruise ships drop off passengers. There's no deep ports in the Cinque Terre, so they have to stop at La Spezia, de-boat there, and then take a train or a bus into the Cinque Terre. So plug in La Spezia and Cinque Terre into avoid-crowds.com, along with the date, and the website will spit out a score of 0 to 100 giving you an idea of how crowded it will be. This tool takes into account factors like national and school holidays, local festivals, and cruise ship traffic, which is the number one predictor of how crowded it's going to be in the Cinque Terre. Keep this in mind, there are some days when no cruise ships arrive in La Spezia, and there are other days when 10 thousand passengers arrive in the Cinque Terre, 10,000. Think of that. That's like when you consider that Cinque Terre has a population less than half of that, that would be equivalent to, say, five and a half million people all arriving in Rome on one single day, and they all want to see the Colosseum, and they all want to see the Treve Fountain. That's what it's like on those heavy days at the Cinque Terre. So if you use this online tool, avoid-crowds.com, you can try to avoid the worst of the crush. There's no Cinque Terre airport, but you can get to the Cinque Terre fairly easily from Florence via La Spezia in less than three hours. The train's your best bet because cars are not allowed in the villages themselves. You can park outside a town, but parking's expensive and it's a pain to get your car. So best to take the train and save renting the car. Thankfully, the Cinque Terre doesn't have the massive resorts that are in other parts of Italy, the French Riviera or Spain's Costa del Sol, but there's lots of family-run boutique hotels and B&Bs, plus Airbnb and VRBO have exploded over the past few years. I've listed some of my favorite places to stay at DestinationEatDrink.com. Just click on Italy, the Cinque Terre, and Accommodations. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Destination Eat Drink, the podcast. We drop a new episode each and every Friday. So join me next week. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson, and I will see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure
1: on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.